They seem well and happy and very busy. Charles was a little upset the other day over finding two human legs, a very bad match, in a police post, tied up in brown paper. He said it made him feel he was going to miss Peter. However, it turned out they'd only been left there by a man who was taking them to a hospital and had popped them inside out of the rain while he hunted for a taxi in the blackout. And it would all have been cleared up quite quickly, only when the poor man had found the taxi... Uh, He'd forgotten where the police post was, and drove wildly round the West End looking for it. (laughs) So confusing. But one must expect these little inconveniences in wartime. And apropos of sandbags, oh no, I didn't mention them. But the police post was built of sandbags, a sort of little hut, you know, like a night watchman's. You can't think how queer Piccadilly Circus looks with Eros gone, and a sort of pyramid like King Cheops on a small scale— built up over the fountain, though why they should take all that trouble I can't think, unless it's the water mains, except that people feel very sentimental about it, and if anyone dropped a bomb on it, they'd feel the heart of empire had stopped beating. Peter says we ought to do something constructive in the opposite direction, and floodlight the Albert Memorial because the park would be better without it, but poor Queen Victoria would turn in her grave, and, as I reminded him, he didn't know Queen Victoria personally. I did. Yes, my dear, we are all quite all right. My older son, Gerald, Duke of Denver, is worried about my grandson, Jerry, of course, because he's in the RAF, and naturally that's rather dangerous. But, dear boy, how he's enjoying himself, being able to go just as fast as he likes. You remember how he used to terrify us with that big racing car. His father says he ought to have got married to somebody first, so as to provide an heir in case of accidents. Really, Gerald, I said. Fancy worrying about that at a time like this. If there's anything left to be heir to when we've finished paying for the war, Peter's got two boys, and judging by Jerry's present taste in young women, we are mercifully spared. That was rather tactless, I suppose, because Gerald's fretting quite enough about the estate already. He says we shall be ruined, of course, but he doesn't mind that, if only he can do his duty by the land. And then we've got a big boys' school in the West Wing, and that gets on his nerves sometimes. Still, most fortunately, Helen, his wife, isn't here, which relieves the tension. As you know, I never like to criticise my daughter-in-law, but she is a very difficult sort of person, and I was devoutly thankful when she took herself off to the Ministry of Instruction and Morale. What she can possibly have to instruct anyone about... I don't know, but as the place is packed with everybody's wives and nephews and all the real jobs seem to have been handed over to other departments, it's as good a spot as any to intern the nation's troublemakers. And she's got three secretaries paid by a grateful country to endure her. So, all is for the best. And there was a picture of her in the papers last week, glaring like the wrath of God, and when Denver saw it, I thought he'd burst a blood vessel or have a bloodbath or something. Only fortunately... Just at that moment, one of our little evacuees put a cricket ball through the long window of the yellow saloon, and in the strain of trying to swear on two fronts at once, the frightfulness blew itself off. They are all elementaries, of evacuees, I mean, from a rather slummy bit of London, and I'm afraid the infant cherub with the cricket bat made peak, repeak, and capote of Denver before he could score half his vocabulary. Curious and charming, isn't it, how much the peerage and the proletariat have in common once you get down to the raw stuff of life, so to speak. Any nice middle-class foster parent would have turned purple, but Gerald, 
burst out laughing, and has begun to take quite an interest in the school. In fact, he's offered to umpire their end-of-term sports competition, and has lent them a pony for riding lessons. Well, my dear, I must stop now and see a deputation from the Women's Rural Institute, who are getting up a nativity play for Polish refugees. So sweet of them. And most providentially, there's a full moon for Christmas, so we shall get a good audience. I promised to play Anna a prophetess. I'd forgotten there was such a person, so I must look her up quickly before they come. We carry on, you see, war or no war. We don't take no account of blackouts in these parts, <laughs> having never known the bright lights. Dear me, Cornelia, what would you do with a blackout in New York? And as for wars, this is a very old country, and we can remember a great many of them. My best love, and all the good wishes of the season to you and yours, your affectionate old friend, Honoria Denver.